Welcome to the Good Shepherd and the Child podcast, where we explore the spirituality of the Christian child through the method of catechesis of the Good Shepherd. I am your host, Carrie Mecki Lozano. Today is Ash Wednesday. Today is the beginning of the season of Lent, where we're preparing our hearts for the beautiful season of Easter. And we have Mary Heinrich on our podcast show today to share with us about the beautiful first reading from the prophet Joel and how even now God is calling us into a deeper relationship with him. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the Good Shepherd and the Child podcast, Mary. We are very excited to have you with us. Thank you so much, Carrie. I'm delighted to be here. Mary, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and your involvement with Catechesis of the Good Shepherd? Sure. I have been the membership coordinator for the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd for the United States Association for almost five years now. And prior to that, I was on the board of trustees for about seven years. And before that, I've been a catechist working with children. I discovered Catechesis of the Good Shepherd when my daughter was three years old and she just turned 22. So it's been a Mm. part of our life of our family for many years. That's awesome. That's a long time. That's wonderful. Well, today is the beginning of Lent. Today is Ash Wednesday. And we are going to hear some really beautiful readings. And in our first reading today from Joel, specifically the verse Joel chapter 2, verse 12 through 13. Even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart. Mary, I would love to hear your thoughts about this verse, especially in light of Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. I love that reading from the prophet Joel. It invites us deeply into the season of Lent, right from the beginning of our Ash Wednesday liturgy. When I hear those words, even now, it makes me pause and ask, you mean it's not too late? You know, there's still time. In the first chapter of the prophet Joel, we hear about plague of locusts and some other dreadful catastrophes that are hovering over the city. And that's what finds the prophet Joel using those words even now to acknowledge that it's kind of a late hour, folks. And I really like that grammatical use because Joel doesn't use those words anywhere else in his book. We'll hear it in other places in the Bible, but nowhere else in the book of Joel. It's like he doesn't want to weaken the impact of using it right now by the overuse of it. Mm. So he's acknowledging, okay, it's kind of urgent. There's a lateness of hour. Um, At the same time, those words offer us hope, even now. And I think for me, I have areas of my life that I kind of put in in containers of, well, it's too late to do this, or time's up on this category. Like I've always wanted to learn how to play the guitar. I've always wanted to learn another language, Um, but I think it's, it's really too late in my life to start that kind of goal. But then we hear these words from Joel, even now, says the Lord. And I don't think the prophet's talking to us about playing the guitar or learning another language. But there are so many things for us as catechists who are involved in this wonderful work. Even now would be a time to go deeper into our study of our core texts and journal articles. There's so many wonderful things that the words even now are calling us to. 
So I really took those words as a prayer for myself during this last month. And I wrote them in my journal, even now. And I made a prayer card for my prayer table. So I would see those words every day, mm-hmm. even now. Mm-hmm. What a perfect time of year for us to hear those words, even now. Maybe we had a New Year's resolution that fallen away from. It's like God is reminding us, even now, even now, even now, you can pick up this good habit, this good thing. Right here at the beginning of Lent, it's a good time for you to renew those commitments or create new ones that will draw you closer to me, even now. Right. All those habits that we started on January 1st and for me concluded on January 3rd, <laughs> even, even now it's, it's, it's okay. It's not too late for us to start that again. Um, it's as if the Lord is telling us, don't give up even now. There's still time even now. There's still hope even now. You know, we're not alone. He's not left us. He's inviting us to remain in me, even now. Remember me, even now. So at the start of Lent, we might seem kind of anxious or worried about life. I know we're not dealing with a plague of locusts like the prophet Joel, but there are enough other things going on in the world that we could easily substitute in the place of a plague of locusts. Um, People are dealing with financial difficulties and poverty, everything that the pandemic has brought, um, all those issues that people are dealing with, all those things, a lack of access to what they need to feel safe. People are dealing with grief, loss of life, loss of someone in their neighborhood, their family, loss of job, loss of community or lack of community now or they're being with their friends. But even now, the Lord is inviting us and offers us hope. Not stress, not anxiety, but but the steadfast hope. And I think that's one of the great graces of this last year. It's been a real time for us to reflect upon what gives us hope and where we find hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like God is promising that it's, that it's not too late. And we're called to respond as, as he's calling to us, um, just like the merchant who had to search for pearls. He had some work to do to help hasten the kingdom. There's a response that God's calling from each of us. So as we look at the that whole verse from Joel, even now says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart. And the Hebrew language has the same expression for the word turn and repent. And the essence of repenting is to turn back to the Lord, to turn away from, you know, fill in the blank, whatever those things are from your own personal life, um, that take you away from God, things that are occupying your mind and your time. Um, for me this last week, maybe that's Facebook or Netflix, 
Um, you know, just whatever's distracting you. But I think Joel is probably calling us to give up a little bit more than Facebook or Netflix or chocolate for Lent. Because what he's really calling us to is returning to God with all of our heart, with all of our being. Really a, a, just a reorientation of our thoughts and our all of our decisions to God. Because what he goes on to say in the rest of that reading is the external actions aren't enough. Those external acts have to be accompanied by a true conversion of the heart. Otherwise, they're empty. So as we think more deeply about those words, return to me with all your heart. If, if we're returning or turning to God, it, it means that we've likely wandered off the path. And now Lent is the time for us to find that direction to return to God. And I don't know about you, Carrie, but I can find myself easily divided or distracted when I think about returning to God with all my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, because I can imagine myself as that child running back to God with my arms wide open, yet I can become so distracted. You know, in my prayer life, I can say the prayer with my lips, but maybe in my heart, in my mind, I'm thinking about something else. Yeah, this part of this verse, turn to me with all your heart. It makes me think about the work we do with the level two and level three child, the greatest commandment, the summary of the law, where we talk about how we love God with all our heart, with all our body, with all our mind, with all our soul. And we kind of break that open with the kids. And what does that look like to love God with all your body or to love God with all your heart? And so what does that mean to turn to me with all your heart? I love what you said, Mary, about how it's not just the actions. It's maybe it's praying the rosary every day or not eating chocolate or or not getting on Facebook or whatever it is. It's the disposition of our heart in the process. And even if the disposition of our heart might be a struggle, I think the authenticity of us allowing uh, allowing ourselves to be aware of the true state of our heart and then talking to God about where we truly are, if that makes any sense. Um, being truly authentic with God, especially during the season of Lent, because this is when if we allow ourselves to be honest with the true disposition of our heart, then we are allowing God to enter in and do his work. And and for me, what the children have taught me about returning to God with all my heart is really the ability to enjoy and just be in God's presence. And for me, when I'm at liturgy, when the priest pours the drops of water into the wine, that's when I truly find myself returning to God with all my heart. And when the priest raises up the patent and the chalice and offers them back to God, the Father, it's at that moment in liturgy then, in my in my smallness, in my weakness, in my brokenness, and all the procrastination, and when my heart's distracted, um, that, that's when I can really find myself returning to God with all my heart. And, and the children have brought me to that. 
Isn't that beautiful how wise the church is, how wise God is? Like those wonders of signs and how it draws you into the wonder of your relationship with God. Isn't that wonderful? It really is. It's like God knows that um, those mysterious signs, like water and wine being mingled together, is going to draw you closer to him. He knows that we need all of those physical things, those tangible things, those things that stimulate all of our senses. Music does that for me. So like praise and worship, especially if it's a really powerful praise and worship night, or if the music at mass is particularly good, I am just drawn into my relationship with God. There's so much richness in just these one verse of scripture. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's so beautiful just to, to go deeply into it. Yeah, this is a powerful verse to reflect on throughout the season of Lent. And to remember as Lent is going on that those first two words, even now, still apply. So maybe we have fallen off of our goals or our, our path for Lent, that he's calling us to return to him, even now to return to him. You know, like it's Palm Sunday and God is still saying, even now, come on, return to me. I want to lift up something that I read that Sophia had written. She said the reading of biblical texts must have a character of great solemnity. We must first wait for there to be complete silence in the room. Perhaps after having said the word, which God has revealed to the prophets, is listened to more with the heart than with the ears, and the heart has its own needs. It needs silence. I just love that, that reminder, our call to sit in silence with the Lord. God speaks all languages, but I like to think his language of origin is silence. And we know if we want to learn a language, we have to practice it for us to be any good at it. My daughter and I were attempting to learn Hebrew at the start of the pandemic. We practiced it for about the first six months of the pandemic. And then when she went back to college, we fell out of habit. And I, you used that word before, Carrie, about habits. Um, and as I think about this year, I, I can see a lot of habits in my life that have been broken. Good habits, bad habits. Some habits I've fallen away from. And I think Lent might be a good time for me to discern what habits I'm being called to that will allow me to return to God with all my heart. Yeah. I love that God gives us this time of renewal every year. He knows that we need it constantly. And here we are just a little bit after the beginning of the new year, 2021. And God has, it's like he's giving us a new new year in a way with Lent. Like being able to like look back, like you said, and evaluate, you know, what habits do I need to get rid of or how, what habits do I need to form specifically in light of my relationship with God in the disposition of my heart. One thing I got from what you read from Sophia Cavalletti is I feel like she is telling us to encounter the Word of God. We have to create an environment for ourselves, kind of like what we do for the children in the atrium. Our job or one of our jobs is to create the environment for them to encounter God. 
Um, what I hear Sophia saying to me is that it's my job when I'm preparing to encounter God in the word is that I need to create an environment for that. And the best environment for that is silence in internally and externally. That's beautiful. Well, this verse, I agree, is definitely one we can carry with us throughout the season of Lent. And you have a reflection on this verse. Is that correct, Mary? That's true. Yesterday, United States Association offered a morning of prayer for Lent, the heart of the prophet, where we look at really all of the readings from the liturgy for Ash Wednesday. So that would be a wonderful opportunity for our members if you didn't have an opportunity to participate in that morning of prayer. It is available on the website for our members to listen to. I'll put a link to that in our show notes for anyone who is listening who is a member of the United States Association of Catechese of Good Shepherd that would like to listen to that reflection. Great. There are many other resources on the website as well, Mary, that you you have been very busy this past year creating a lot of different resources for the website. Not just me, uh, the, the rest of the staff and a, um, many volunteers have been helping putting together resources for our families. We usually had done a parent newsletter once a month, and now we have three or four parent newsletters each month for our members to choose from. We've also been offering a catechist note on a particular theme and a family celebration. So our catechists can help those families whose children maybe are not returned to the atrium, or even if they are returned to the atrium, to gather around the prayer table at home and to model or offer an example of how they might pray together or live one of the celebrations that we typically do with the children in the atrium. And then we've also put together some videos to assist the parents and the catechists on particular themes. And so again, those are all available on the website for our members. I just love that we've created all these resources, especially for parents. Um, I think that one blessing that can come out of this pandemic is that we can reinstate the parents as the primary catechists or the parents as the as the primary leader of their children towards Christ, which is really intimidating and really hard to do, especially when you're really busy. But these resources are really beautiful, and I love that we have them to help parents to make it a little bit easier in that call to be the primary catechist for their children. We have some very gifted catechists who have been helping us write those parent newsletters, so we appreciate that very much. We have a very active membership committee. We have representation from all the regions from the United States and they meet quarterly and they are, are very busy reaching out to our members and looking at the needs of our members. It sounds like y'all have been very busy. Mary, while I have you here, would you go ahead and speak into more of the benefits that there are in being a member of the United States Association of Catechesis of the Good Shepherd? Well, when we look at the, the benefits, we really look at the, the value of, of membership and we look at four different areas. The first is the friendship and support among catechists. And that is something that a membership in CGS USA um, allows members who live 
far away who are who have never met to share some kind of friendship or bond. We see this happening during this this last year with the book clubs that have been meeting virtually, all the the virtual events that CGS USA have put together, and then even our Facebook group. We have a Facebook page under the United States Association of the Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, but there's also a additional Facebook group, CGS Catechist Support and Discussion, and catechists are on there to share images from their atrium, pictures of their materials, questions about material making, or just asking questions of seasoned catechists, seeking support. So it's a wonderful virtual community to be a part of. I think we have over 660 folks who have are following that group. Yeah, I have learned a lot from that Facebook group. There are a lot of wise people in that group. And that goes into the, the second part of the value of membership is being a part of a wisdom community. You know, our formation is so rich and we have such wonderful formation leaders and such wonderful publications. But it's also the benefit of being a part of this wisdom community and a part of a Facebook group or your regional group or your parish group of catechists to, to be able to gather together with them and um, to be well-formed. I know the catechists in my parish are continually striving to help me be a better catechist. I think one of my favorite benefits in being a member are the online material manuals. And I know those are only available for those who have already been through formation, but I use those online material manuals all the time. I was just on there the other day because I was in the atrium and I needed to know if I needed the gifts to go with the three magi, if that was an official part of the material or if that was something that was added. And yes, it's an official part. So I have to go find, you know, a little frankincense golden myrrh to go with my magi in my level one atrium. So I am on that online material manual all the time, looking up things, double checking things, seeing properly how to make things and beautiful pictures from Sophia's atria. It's such a gift to me. It is a wonderful resource, a wonderful resource. And our online store is filled with great resources for your atrium or for your home to use with your children. Not just the publications, which are, are so wonderful uh, that I think, you know, we all need to spend time and return to our return to the core text and the journal articles on um, there. They're so rich, but, but all the practical life materials and all the new things that, that Lisa Kelly who works at the Scottsdale office is finding for the online store. So if you haven't had an opportunity to look there, you should treat yourself to that. There's a lot of things in the store, especially those hard to find items for your atria. Lisa has done a beautiful job of locating those things to make it a little bit easier for those who are building an atrium. And then in speaking about the, the value of membership, going back to that, the last two are being a voice or an advocate for the spiritual life of the child and how important that is for CGS USA to be a, a voice for the least among us, and then also honoring the dignity of the child. Um, we know that Sophia and Jana helped us know the spiritual needs of the child and afforded us the opportunity to hear the wisdom mm -hmm. that comes from the child. 
Yeah, they have gifted us with many, many rich resources in order to help us grow closer to who the child is, but also grow closer in our own personal relationship with God. Well, Mary, I want to tell you thank you so much for sharing your reflection with us today on that beautiful verse from Joel, but also your wisdom about the association and all the many, many hours that you have spent working with the membership committee and with all the resources that are online. So I just want to give you a really big thank you for all of that work that you've been doing. Well, it was it was my pleasure to be with you this morning, and it's my joy uh, to be a part of the association as a member, um, as part of the staff. And part of that is because I get to be connected to catechists from all over the United States. It's such a gift for me. So thank you. I hope you all enjoyed Mary Heinrich and all of her wonderful wisdom, especially in this beautiful time of Lent. We are praying for each of you as we begin this new season. We hope that this episode has blessed you in the start of this new chapter of this year. If you would like access to the Lenten morning reflection from yesterday morning, please look in the show notes. It is for our members. And if you would like more information about becoming a member of the United States Association of Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, please go to cgsusa.org. We have a lot of information there about how to proceed with that process. This podcast is sponsored by the United States Association of Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. We would like to thank all the contributing members because you are making this podcast possible. If you would like to know more about Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, please go to cgsusa.org. Thank you all for listening. We will see you in two weeks. Go and fall more deeply in love with God.